Good morning, Wellspring Church. This is our last sermon on waiting, and I'm going to talk to you today not just about how we wait on God. I actually want to share with you today about how God and why God actually mainly, why God is waiting on us, why God is waiting for us. Why does he do that? Have you ever thought about why God waited for long years until Abraham had Isaac? Why did he do it earlier? Why did God wait for long years to take his people outside of Egypt and give them the promised land? Why did God wait that long? Why did God wait so long until he punished the people, his people, people of Israel, and send them to exile? Why does God wait that long? You see, God waits for us. Now I want to share with you just a tiny part about why God waits. And it's a verse, it's a principle that is found in Proverbs 25 and verse 2. And that principle says this, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it's the glory of the kings to search the matter. This is a very strange proverb. It tells us that God hides things. God would hide something, and this is actually his glory. Now, if God hides something from me, I surely won't be able to find it. If really he wants to hide it from me, I'm not going to find it. But he's saying it's the glory of the kings to search the matter. Think about that, and I'll explain that principle as we are going. See, here is the thing. Jesus, Jesus was preaching in parables a lot of the time. And his disciples were really puzzled. They came to him and said, well, why are you preaching in parables? Why are you doing this? Or what's the meaning of that? I couldn't understand. And you end your parables with something like, he who has ears, let him listen. And they're thinking, I, I, I heard. I listened to what you said. I didn't understand anything. I couldn't get what you're talking about. Let's pick up that place. It's in uh, Mark 4. And Mark 4 starts with the parable of the sower. But just if you start from verse 10, it says, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve, so that's not just the twelve, there are other people who were following Jesus, asked him, asked him about the parables. He's been preaching in parables for a while. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret, the mystery of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand. And I will stop there. See, this is the part that David mentioned in his sermon when he was talking from Isaiah 6. This is found in Isaiah 6. And it's as if Jesus is telling them, look guys, you're my, you're my buddies. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you things, or I'm going to give you the mysteries, the secrets of the kingdom of God. But to anyone else, I, I don't want them. I don't want them to be edified. I don't want them to benefit. I don't want them to see and understand. And you know the following verse says, lest they would come to me, this is the part in Isaiah, and be healed. 
And, and that sounds really harsh. It's as if Jesus is saying, well, I couldn't care less, you know. But you know what? That's not God's heart at all. Think about Jesus. Think about what he did. Jesus emptied himself, left all of his glory and, and, and being in that place. And he took physical form, the form of a slave and lived amongst us, just to show us who God is, just to tell us that for real, for sure, the kingdom of God is available to you and I. This is what Jesus did. Do you think he really doesn't want you to understand? Now here's the principle. The principle is this. God respects your freedom. God will show himself but he wouldn't impose himself on you. It would have to be that your choice, that your heart is after him, that you would seek after him. What is Jesus, what's Jesus' gospel? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, which means it's available to you and you personally. But he's as well saying, seek the kingdom of God first. He's saying in Jeremiah, Seek me. Seek me, and here is how you should seek me. Seek me with all your heart. And if you do that, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. You will get to know me. To you, the mysteries of the kingdom of God will be revealed. To you, you will be given the keys, you will be given the secrets, you will be given the understanding how God will and can and will reign on us. But you have to not stay on the outside. You have to come on the inside. Have you noticed this thing? To those who are the outside, everything is in parable. Those who are on the outside, you see, you, you become from Jesus a servant when you really want Jesus. Here's the thing with that part in Mark. The disciples and those who were following Jesus was, were hearing him teaching in parables. And Jesus ends the parable in, in this way, he who has ears. They're thinking, well, we're going to continue with Jesus. There is something about him. He's different. And since we are continuing with him, since we are journeying with him, we need to really understand what he's on about, what he's talking about. We don't understand. So they went and asked him. But because they asked him, he explained the parable. And he, he remarked a very strange remark. He said, you don't understand that parable? If you don't understand that parable, how come you think, or maybe you were shy to ask, how come you think you understood the other parables? How come you should have come to me to understand the parables? Parable is something that could be even like a puzzle or in a simple form and, and something said in a simple form, a short story that's said in a simple form and you don't really understand what the author, what the teller is kind of hitting on or aiming for. But if you don't just seek an answer, but you seek the answer giver, 
If you're not just seeking a solution, but you're seeking the solution giver, you will go to Jesus and you'll say, I want to understand you. I want to know you. I want to follow you. You would seek after him. You would seek him with all your heart. And when you seek him with all your heart, you get to understand. You get to really to comprehend who he is and what he is saying and what he has for you. You get to really understand and get shaped by him how to really surrender to him because you get to find and, and feel and experience how much he loves you. And so you start letting go. You start trusting him bit by bit and then you start surrendering and yielding. So you get shaped. You start thinking about, oh, he's so different than the world. And then you start telling yourself, I don't want to conform to how people around me are thinking. I don't want to conform to the world. I want to conform to Jesus. I want to conform to him and, and think like him and, and do what he is saying and, and live like him. If he has called me to live like him and be a son of God, displaying his glory, I want to be like him. You see again, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of the kings. And here you would understand the, that second part. You become a king. You become as well a glorious king like you would reign gloriously. Only if you are seeking God with all your heart. And God is waiting. God will not force you to seek him. God will knock on your door, will draw your attention. But he will then wait for you to seek him and to seek him wholeheartedly. And this is what makes you like your father. He is the king of kings. You become like your father as you seek after him. You become a king and then you move in your kingship with authority and strength and power. And you reign gloriously and victoriously like your father. It's the glory of the kings to search the matter. It's the glory of the kings to seek after God, to seek after the Father and after Jesus through the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me. I want to understand what you're saying. I want to understand your ways. Show me your glory. I want to be transformed into the image of Jesus, into his likeness by your power. This is why God as well waits. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter because here's the thing. When Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God, seek the kingdom of God first and foremost, seek the kingdom of God, period, that's it. You need to seek the kingdom of God. It's because you become what you seek after. What you seek after defines you, says who you are. You get shaped according to what you seek after. See, if your dream, if what you really dream of, it's, if your treasure is that you would win the gold medal in a certain race, you start seeking after that, you will train, you will lose weight, I need that. You would, you would exercise, you would get your numbers up if this is like running or swimming. 
if you are doing that distance in a certain time, you want to improve on that, and you keep seeking after, and you keep looking and finding the different ways of how you grow and improve in this. How you can get to really get that gold medal. And this is the same principle. If you want to really know God, if you want to really live with Him, He's the only one who can make you live with Him and live like Him. You see, that we would be like Jesus. As Jesus said, we would do the things that Jesus was doing and even greater things because of the Holy Spirit. It is God's glory to see His children glorious like that. This is why God conceals a matter. This is why He would give you a word to draw your attention, but He would give you silence to build dependence and surrender on him. This is why God would wait on Abraham until he, though he was able in the flesh to beget Ishmael, he waited until he as well was dead. He couldn't do anything. And Sarah knew that she couldn't do anything. And then he came and said, well, you will have Isaac. You see, because God led Abraham like that when God asked Abraham would you give me your son Hebrews 11 says Abraham believed that though he would sacrifice Isaac God would raise him from the dead how did he get that he knew that God already given him Isaac from the dead he was dead Sarah knew that and she said that. He was dead in the flesh and God gave him. And if he has given him his son, though he was dead, he would raise him again. He would give me my son again from the dead. And this is how Abraham became the father of faith. Not just because he obeyed and left where he was living, but he journeyed with him and kept changing and changing and changing and waiting for God and waiting for his promise. And he arrived to that place where he was willing to trust God and love God more even than the promise itself and know that God is not a liar. If he said, you will have Isaac and through Isaac, you will have generations and generations, then he will raise Isaac from the dead because Isaac hasn't got married yet. He doesn't have children yet. God is not a liar. God waits. God waits on us and waits with us and waits for us to get to that place where we are surrendering totally to him, trusting him fully, seeking him with all our hearts so we know him for real and so we give him everything and we honor him with everything. You know, this is how you get to be a glorious king, but this is how as well God gets the glory through his children who are glorifying him, honoring him because they trust him wholeheartedly. Can I, can I invite you to just seek God? Seek Him with all your heart. Seek His rulership with all your heart. Seek to, he, to see His manifest, His, His effective rulership 
affecting your family, your personal life, your career, your job, whatever, your, your relationships, your understanding of the world, your neighbors. Seek that wholeheartedly.